Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive with Dr. Rebecca Risk. Do you ever feel that even though nothing seems seriously wrong and you pass all the medical tests, that you still feel that your health, pain, and fatigue are completely out of control? It doesn't have to be that way. Listen to the tips and suggestions given on our program today and take back control of your health. Now, here is Dr. Rebecca Risk. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Today, we're talking with Melanie Tanya Evans, who's joining us from Australia. She is a healer, author, and radio host considered to be the world's leading online authority on narcissistic abuse recovery. Today, we're discussing her book, You Can Thrive After Narcissistic Abuse. Melanie, welcome to the show. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me. So what inspired you to write this book? Well, I had, well, I'd already been working in this space for quite a while, helping people um, evolve and heal from narcissistic abuse. And Teresa Cheong, who's an incredible uh, UK author, she actually used the program and got in contact with me and she said, you've got to write a book. You've got to get this out to the world on uh, a bigger scale. And because she's been a best-selling international author, she was like, well, look, I really, you know, want to talk to my people and uh, your people and, and see what we can do. So she was really the wind underneath the wings to um, to get this book out there. Very, well, we're very grateful. Yeah, well, that that's I, I like when people are inspired to to put their books together. I th- I find that they're more exciting and and um, the information is a little more real as well. Um, so, can you explain to us what narcissistic abuse is? Yeah, look, I can, and I just want to clarify quickly. Narcissism or narcissist is a bit of a catch cry. A lot of people use it and it can be labeled wrongly on people that, you know, might be selfish or uncaring or lash out at times, but not necessarily somebody with narcissistic personality disorder. So a narcissist really is somebody who is a pathological self who's capable of pathological lying and there are people that are really capable of uh, being uh, malicious and they don't have empathy. So narcissists use people as tools to get what they want at the expense of those individuals. So they create a lot of damage and havoc, whether it be uh, within families, within companies, within love relationships. Uh, they could even be a neighbour. So if we're looking at um, a narcissistic relationship, what would that look like? It really looks like one person is being diminished and the other person is the one that's getting uh, the energy, the attention, the resources, uh, all of the rights. So a person, if you're in a relationship with a narcissist, there's five warning signs that actually can really define that. Uh, do you want me to go into those? Because I Yeah, think, that, you know, I think can... that would be helpful so people can, can recognize it because we can say those things, but really, like in your book, you lay out that there are specific behaviors and, and you do say almost word for word phrases that they use. And, and I think that when, it, you know, you told your story in the book and when we're in the middle of something like that, it's really difficult to recognize that it's happening. So I think it's important that we talk about that. It's so true, Rebecca, it is. And it's like the DSM criteria. You could read it and go, yeah, but what does that really mean? I think, you know, on the ground in the trenches, we get to experience it. So one of the first things is emotional insecurity. So we think that narcissists are big and confident, but once you're in an intimate, close relationship with one, you'll find out how insecure they are, how they can get triggered very easily over things that adults generally don't get triggered over. So they actually have a very fragile self-esteem and self-worth. So, you know, if you were to talk about somebody else in your life appreciatively, they may accuse you of being disloyal or that you're having um, an affair with this person. They can't stand anybody else 
getting the limelight or acclaim. So in a group gathering, if they can't be the centre of attention, they may discredit the scene or they'll leave or later on they'll tell you, you know, how they don't like that person and how you were acting inappropriately. So that is something you're battling constantly. They also have a huge sense of entitlement. So you'll realize it's truly all about them and they're not interested in your needs. At the start, it might look like that. Attentive and they're granting you everything and more that you could possibly want. But what you'll start to see is that this person is about taking, they're about you recognizing how superior and how wonderful they are and granting them what they think is their due. So the third thing is circular arguments that don't make sense. And this is a real telltale sign because what happens is when you're discovering things about the narcissist or they're stepping on your toes and being really quite abusive and you ask for accountability or a sorry or a recognition, they will start twisting and turning. They've got a ton of defense mechanisms. So they'll bring in allies, real or fabricated. They'll twist the blame back to you. They'll do a tit for tat. And they'll say, well, what about what you said yesterday or last week or last month? So you're gonna be bombarded and bamboozled with all this stuff that so much of it's not even on topic that you'll feel like your head is spinning and you're going literally crazy with the excuses, the twists, the turns, the projecting, the stonewalling, the discrediting, um, your observations or telling you that, you know, what, the minimalizing you saying what you're bringing to the table isn't even relevant. All this stuff. Pathological lying is a big thing that narcissists do. The bottom line is people with narcissistic personality disorder lie about big things, small things, and just about everything. So you will start discovering that this person lies, they have no remorse for lying, and they will actually lie to cover up a lie. So you can't trust these people. Mm -hmm. Blaming you... So if you're in an intimate relationship with a narcissist, whether it be, you know, family or in a business deal with them or absolutely in a love relationship, they're going to start blaming you for the problems. It can even get down to, well, I'm like this because of you. I'm not mm -hmm. like this with anybody else. I'm like this with you. And sadly, a lot of people that are lined up and abused by narcissists you really start to question, is it me? Is it, is it my fault? Am, am I causing all of this? Well, so there you find lots of others, but those are the ones that uh, you will see. So you, you told your story um, in your book, and um, you talk about how in the beginning of the relationship you were so madly in love with your ex-husband, and um, uh, what did that look like in the, the beginning of the relationship? Oh gosh, Rebecca, it's such a good question, because most people report, as I did, that when this person shows up into your life, you feel like a man or a woman in a desert that you've just found your oasis. This person will feel so right. They will, you will, I remember it was only within about a week that I actually said to him, I am so in love, I can't even see straight. And that's how it felt. And this is the thing with narcissists, we may not be realizing until we do, is that they are really representing all of our hopes and dreams of what we haven't yet really received. So, for example, if we felt that we were never met or heard, that all of a sudden here's somebody who knows me, who meets me, who hears me. We've had people in our life that have engulfed us will have this person come along and say, 
I am so happy to give you your freedom and I'm so happy to back you up and be the wind underneath your wings. And so it's like, oh my goodness, finally God's granted me the perfect person. That's how it feels. Mm-hmm. And then when did you start to notice that things weren't quite right? Well, Rebecca, the truth is things weren't quite right, right from the beginning. <laughs> but, you know, I had, I was projecting onto him the perfect partner that I'd always thought I'd wanted. So there were lots of little red flags and warning signs right at the start that I chose to ignore, whether it would be a look or a comment. And I remember early on, I was on the phone to one of my girlfriends and I said, you know, bye, hun. At the end of the conversation, he just glared at me and he said, Hun's a word that you should only be using for me. And I kind of thought he was joking, but he wasn't. Mm. And it felt really quite gruesome. So, you know, look, uh, it didn't take long. It really, but I, I didn't want to believe it. And I really had no idea what I was dealing with at that point either. Well, now you're saying you you didn't want to believe it, but I know you know more about that situation now because you're more educated on it. But did you, you know, we have to give our our partners the benefit of the doubt, right? We can't always just say, oh, you're not perfect and walk away. So was there there a point where you just thought, well, you know, this is just him being human and and it's okay, I can forgive it because he's so good in other ways. Because, you you know, you're you're saying these things, but I know that when people are in those situations, sometimes it's really hard to see what's happening because it can can come on, you know, subtly and, and and of course um, you talk about this in your book you can be groomed to be in a relationship like that Rebecca look absolutely you're 100% right in that nobody is going to be perfect but the problem was that what I was doing uh, and there was of course a lot worse started happening there was really very overt jealousy and control that started unravelling and by that stage We were married, we had, you know, property entwined, there was just, you know, there were so many things that can constitute trapped. However, leading up to that, there were things that I realised I didn't have a healthy boundary function and I didn't speak up. And I also, you know, through my research and helping thousands of people heal, I know that there are people that had a more solid, healthy childhood than mine that would have said to that person, oh, hang on a minute, that comment you just made about my girlfriend, are you kidding? Or is that for real? And what did you mean by that? Whereas I just sort of brushed it over. I didn't Mm -hmm. say anything. I wanted to keep the peace. I was terrified about having boundaries and speaking up because as a child, if I ever tried to speak up, I was criticised, rejected, abandoned or punished. So... I'd learned to not rock the boat to try to be loved. And this was a huge problem that had occurred for me uh, rather than, you know, in relationship going forward. You know, fortunately, thank goodness, now I've healed enough to be an adult woman in my body where I am prepared to lose it all, to get it all, to clarify and speak up and have difficult conversations and see if I have a healthy, reasonable, rational adult on the other on the other end of that. Because with a narcissist, if you were to confront even in the early days and be really strong in your body and truthful and authentic and be prepared for whatever's going to come and respond to that with yourself healthily, a narcissist will unravel. Absolutely. Well, you, you, you told a story in your book about a narcissist that admitted to you that he looks for women who have had difficulty with men so he can be their shining armor and then he, you know, walks all over them. And if they stand up to him or don't have those issues, he just walks away because it's too much work. Correct. That's, that's exactly right. Rebecca, I had a dating incident with a guy and what happened was he was just talking awfully about his work colleagues and his boss. And then I went to the toilet and I came back and he said, how do you think our second date's going? And I said, well, I actually think that you're really critical of your work colleagues and your boss. And 
I was honest, and he unraveled right in front of me, lost it. Mm. You know, how dare you speak to me like that? This date is over, and I'm like, and I walked out to my car, punching the air with excitement in how, just by being honest and showing up calmly, I had triggered a narcissist to expose himself. And then you avoided, you know, repeating your past mistakes and and a third date. (laughs) Absolutely. Exactly. Well, that's perfect. Would have just wore it, brushed over it, you know, like this is, gosh, you know, this this is the stuff that we're needing to learn and develop and heal. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about this more um, after this break. We're talking today with Melanie Tanya Evans. She's joining us from Australia and we're discussing her book, You Can Thrive After Narcissistic Abuse. We'll be back shortly. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we're talking with Melanie Tanya Evans, and we're discussing her book, You Can Thrive After Narcissistic Abuse. So, Melanie, I want to talk about the end of your marriage. When you really knew that that this was the wrong thing for you, what was going on, um, you know, in relationship with the abuse and how you were feeling and what was going on? Oh, Rebecca, it took me a lot of tries to get out. I really didn't hold no no contact for a lot of time. So that dance went on for about two years of in and out of the relationship. I knew he was a narcissist. I'd uh, been to a personality disorder specialist with him in one of his attempts to save the marriage, and he'd been diagnosed. Uh, And look, really what it was, it was... Fear, abuse, emotionally, mentally, physically, sexually, 
uh, financially. So once the mask had really fallen, uh, he would he would threaten me. Uh, he would physically hit me. He would emotionally shred me to pieces with accusations of other men and affairs and. Uh, yeah, he was stealing money out of my bank accounts and hiding it. He'd um, faced a cancer condition, a melanoma cancer, which was a hoax, which was part of trying to um, control me and so I wouldn't leave him. Uh, he'd falsified records for that. He was taking fake injections for that. It was... And, and look, the thing is, from my story, I don't want everybody to hear that and go, well, you know, my partner doesn't do that. I think mm-hmm. we all have to, you know, I was dealing with a high-level uh, sociopath that was questionably also a psychopath. However, narcissistic abuse, you know, I did a second narcissistic relationship after him. I still had more things to heal within myself and more information to understand for my community. So, you know, we really need to understand that somebody that pathological lies, that maliciously will line you up without empathy, somebody who smears you behind your back to friends and family, uh, somebody who you have those circular arguments with, is, is somebody that you cannot have a healthy, safe, relationship with and generally what you also find out with narcissists is narcissistic supplies their everything so when the cracks start happening with you you will find out there will be other sources most narcissists are adulterous um, and they have no conscience about that so extramarital extra relationship affairs are the norm with narcissists even if they profess monogamy to you what you discover out of the relationship, when you the cracks appear and even you get out of the relationship, you start finding out details and things about their second lives that will shock you to your core. And that's consistent. So the person you think that you're having a relationship with doesn't exist. There's somebody else. Hmm. Well, and that's really important to note because like you said it was different in the beginning and you thought he was you know finally you you have yeah. who you'd been looking for and he was the exact opposite of what you were looking for but definitely hid that in the beginning until you you know became more comfortable and were tied to him more yes absolutely and there's all sorts of ways we get diminished and bonded and there's so many uh, unconscious undercurrents that are happening. And really, so much of it is about this person unconsciously is showing up, uh, containing the promise of healing our childhood wounds because narcissists work that out very, very quickly, what you want. And they will appear, they're, they're chameleons that appear to be that person for you. But then what happens is you start seeing that they're supplying more of our unfinished business from childhood in ways that is so impactful that it will bring us to our knees to actually heal, discover and heal what we've always needed to discover and heal. So, um, you know, we're talking about your relationship and this is your experience, but of course there's um, some people that the relationship that they're dealing with is a family member, a parent or a sibling um, or something like that. And and how would that relationship be? Like, obviously that would be a little bit different, but what would that look like? In so many ways, you're not sharing a bed with this person if it's a family member, but it is the same in that this person will be lovely to you when they have an agenda, when they're wanting something from you, and they will diminish you and smear you if you are not serving their false self adequately, which is impossible to do with a narcissist. So what you find, whether you know, you're going to be the golden person one minute and you're going to be thrown in the trash heap the next. So this, it, it really... The interesting thing about narcissism, when you boil it down, it all manifests in the same way, no matter who it is you're dealing with. And it's interesting in that the 
healing involved is identical in that we're needing to go within and to find out those parts of ourselves that are getting hooked and hurt by this person to up-level them and heal them where we become benign to this person, where we can go no contact, modified contact, and none of what they, they do moves us anymore. And that's when a narcissist will lose all power over you, no matter who that narcissist is. But a lot of people, understandably, find that very difficult with family members or a boss that you think that you rely on. And with family members, it may even be your own child, which, of course, can be heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I know you, you talk about no contact, but is that always something that people can do if it's a parent or a child or, or somebody that, that's, you know, I mean, a partner you can leave, um, but but sometimes we're tied to these people and, and we need to keep them in our lives because they're, you know, family. Well, it's a really interesting thing, isn't it, Rebecca? You know, after working with so many people and family of origin narcissists, 100% there are people in the community that have learnt, you know, the golden soul rule that if we're not honouring ourselves, we're not honouring anything in honourable ways. So the bottom line is somebody, no matter who it is, if we keep offering ourselves up as a target of abuse or as somebody that is enabling their abusive behavior by continuing to give them money or give them resources or give them our energy and give them our love for them to just completely destroy us, we're not actually teaching them anything and we're not actually helping them. And we're actually dying along with it. So there are people that have learned that, and it's interesting, I, you know, a good example is a girlfriend of mine with an incredibly narcissistic father, and she was willing to lose it all to get it all. So she uh, contacted him and she said, these are my lines and parameters of terms of engagement with you. If you step over them, I will exit the scene, I will hang up on you and ultimately I'll leave your life for good. He tried to smear her to other family members. She just stood her ground, kept healing with my NARP program to the point where she didn't care. Uh, People didn't believe him because she had no emotional charge on it. And she was like, well, if they do, they do. And he tried it out a couple of times to cross those boundaries with her and she did. She walked out, she hung up. She refused to have contact with him and she was like, okay, well, we're done. I'm honoring and valuing me. He then came back into her life with his tail between his legs and he said, okay. And she said, all right, well, for as long as you do, we can. So she has a very minimalistic relationship with him. She's never going to have a profound, connected, uh, spiritual, you know, nourishing relationship with him because he's not capable but she can have modified contact with him on her terms and she won't tolerate anything other than that. That is truly valuing yourself. And if he Uh, wasn't prepared to do that, she was prepared to lose him. Well, and I I think, um, you know, that's probably very difficult for anybody who's been through that sort of abuse. You know, like you said, you're, you're, um, they're, they're cutting you down and, and breaking you down. So it's, it, it, I think it's very difficult when that's happened to actually stand up for yourself. So it's probably was a very big deal for her to do that. Well, it took a lot of inner healing. So this is a thing, you know, when we really... Um, and this is what quantum freedom healing does, and this is what the NARP program does. You know, when we up-level and release the traumas from inside of us of that little girl who's been diminished ever since she was born by him, you know, who was powerless to him. When we let that go and we bring in source to replace it, we start becoming a source true self who is a healthy, organically connected to the field adult in our own body who loves and respects and is solid enough and whole enough that we're not going to tolerate abuse anymore. So this is the difference. You're so right, Rebecca. Doing that on a logical, conceptual level after being diminished and reduced, she was suicidal when I met her. 
She couldn't have stood up to her next door neighbour, let alone her nemesis. You know, so this is this is the thriver work. This is the work that you know myself and my community does with people. So um, you have a, a first step step, and you call it thriver healing. What is that first step? Thriver healing it seems really counterintuitive to what we're <laughs> always taught. So thriver healing is so much about. Rather than we keep looking outwards at the abuse and we keep talking about what happened to us, we move away from the realm of logic and we stop searching outside ourselves for the reasons of why it happened. We go inside. We get in contact with our subconscious programs and our inner programs and our inner being. And in that way, we do the core work at that level, which is those wounded parts of ourselves from childhood, from our epigenetic traumas, from our ancestors, and we start healing that. We make it all about healing that. So what we say is rather than why did this happen, what you know, what happened to me and focusing on the abuse, why did this happen to me? Where's my evolution in this? How can I come home to myself to heal those parts of myself that didn't have boundaries, that didn't have self-worth, that didn't have self-love, that never had that model to me. How do I heal up those parts of myself so I become the adult in my body that I want to be? And when we do that, everything changes. Well, you know, it, it, and it's really powerful to say that um, because it's so, it, I mean, life-changing, obviously, to, to go through something from, from being in an abusive relationship or abusive parents or whatever it is, and um, and your self-esteem knocked down so much. And, and, you know, in part of your story, you talk about being on an, the verge of a nervous breakdown, and, and you didn't quite know where you were coming or going, and, and to be able to stand up to that person and say what you need to say so that you can protect yourself. Yeah, yeah. And look, the thing is with narcissists, you know, this is one of the things that can hook us in is we're trying to get accountability. We're trying to get our message across. We're trying to get them to realize that we are good, loving people that do the right things. We're trying to get them but it's like expecting a crocodile to roll over while you rub its belly. You know, a narcissist is not interested in teamwork or understanding who you are or hearing your point of view or complying with you or playing teamwork or having empathy for you or, he or understanding where you're coming from. So... Really what it boils down to is once you've really realized you're in a relationship with somebody with narcissistic personality disorder, it's about breaking away, detaching, and getting all of the accountability and resolution within your own inner being because you're never going to get the sorry. You're never going to get the accountability. You're never going to get the atonement or the amends from that person. All of that work is within. And when we get that work from within, then all the hooks, the obsession, the addiction, the needing to go back in to get closure, all of that dissolves away. And if we don't do the work, it doesn't. I've met people 20, 30 years later who are still shattered with post-traumatic stress disorder and agoraphobia and they're diminished in life. They don't trust themselves, others and life because they were so raped by a narcissist. You know, this mm -hmm. is really profound make or break uh, in a healing for us to thrive and not merely survive. Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, the um, subtitle of my show. <laughs> and uh, um, uh, so, so that, thank you for saying that. Um, we're going to take a quick break. And um, we're talking today with Melanie Tanya Evans. We're discussing her book, You Can Thrive After Narcissistic Abuse. And we'll be back shortly. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we're talking with Melanie Tanya Evans, who's joining us from Australia. So, Melanie, you've got um, a program that you have set out to help people. And and what are some of the steps that you think are really important that, that people do to, to get, you know, this this strength that we've talked about? Um, but the first thing is that the most important thing, which I've already touched on, is to really take our focus off them and get our focus back to self-partner. Self-partnering is everything. So rather than avoiding or self-abandoning ourselves, because the trauma is huge, and we uh, avoid, we look outside of ourselves and we try to fix or change something on the outside in order to feel better. Whereas we understand in quantum terms, self-partnering means we turn within to actually start showing up as that devoted person to our inner being and saying, you know, look, I love you. I'm here with you. I'm going to do everything I can to heal you back to wholeness. And that's my biggest mission, you know. So that's the thrive away. So what happens in the thrive away is, there's a very specific tool that I use within uh, the community. It saved my life and it saved thousands of people's lives from over, I think it's around 100 different countries now. And we call it uh, the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Program. So within it is Corner Freedom Healing, which is a way to be able to connect with your inner subconscious, find your original traumas that have been unconsciously keeping you on a trajectory of belief systems and trauma patterns that keeps us unknowingly accepting and rolling around with abuse. So we're really literally changing our inner love code to change ourselves and then change our life. So the first step of that is we need to get to 
that highly energized trauma, which means that we can barely eat, sleep or function. And once we load that up with the process and start releasing that out literally from our cells and our DNA and we start bringing in the light, which is our super conscious, which is, it is a higher power. And some people may struggle with this until you start working with it. And you might call it, it has, it's our super conscious. It has the ability to heal what we logically cannot heal. Because the thing is, our logic is not connected to our unconscious programs. It's only controlling 5% of it. So we really need to get to the root of where it's all going on, which is within. So quantum freedom healing is the ability to release that trauma, bring in the ability to heal what we can't heal logically, to be able to get a shift. So it's like a body shift, which is an epiphany. And what commonly happens with people, even if they do my free workshop where I do a quantum freedom healing with them, is that for the first time in weeks, months or years, they feel a relief. And it's like space opens up inside and you go, oh my God, there is a way out of this. I can feel it within myself. And this is so much of the programming we need, that we need to become the change that we're going to generate in our lives. Because if we're trying to battle narcissists from a high state of trauma, fear, heartbreak, devastation, what happens is the narcissist will mirror back to you more heartbreak, more devastation, more trauma. You know, we're still getting beaten up really badly. But once we shift and we become a source of love, approval, survival and security to ourselves, even just on a feeling whole inner level, and there's 10 steps in my program that take you through that one step at a time. These are the building blocks for our inner being to come back online as a healthy adult, healthy, whole and solid. And when we do that devoted, committed work, what happens is, is that we start generating a life for ourselves. We're no longer handing power over to an abuser because what we were doing unconsciously is that broken child inside of us that was getting broken down more by an abuser, we were clinging and trauma bonded to that person to try to get them to do it differently, to try to fix the damage of our powerlessness. And of course, they were only granting more damage and making us more powerless. So by breaking away, and it's huge at the start because aftershock hits, you feel so addicted to that person. And then when you stop the addiction, heroin addicts have told me breaking away from heroin is easier than getting off a narcissist. And I believe them because I've gone through it too. So... When that addiction hits, all of these traumas come screaming up to the surface and we feel like I can't live without this person, I need closure, whatever it is, and we'll go running back and break no contact. That happens over and over again. However, if we turn inside with the NARP program and every time a trauma comes up, we pick it up with a healing module. We load it up, we release it, and we replace it with the light which is our higher power, which is source, which is our super conscious. We become healed and whole on that one topic. So one topic at a time, we're becoming whole, which means we're breaking this reliance on a false source and we become a true source, which heals everything. Um, you know, I, I like how you say that because it, it's, um, especially from what you say in your book, it, you know, you were still, you left your husband, then you would go on dates and then you get real traumatized and you were back and forth and back and forth. And, and we, we all know this from people who are abused. We're like, why can't they just leave that person? And, and we don't understand what's actually happening for them is that they're stuck in a cycle and, and they don't know how to get out of it. Yes, Rebecca, and it doesn't make sense. There's so many highly intelligent people and they may have done years of therapy and work on themselves and they just can't understand what's going on. Why I'm smart. Why do I why can I make every other area of my life work but I keep going 
And it's because of those inner subconscious emotional drivers that are running 95% of every circuit within your being until you get to those and release the traumas and the painful beliefs and reprogram them and bring in the light, they hold you hostage. Mm -hmm. That's the piece that's been missing. Yeah, and you know this. This reminds me of a, a show I did a while ago where we we talked about addictions and and negative emotions were extremely addictive, and especially if you're raised or groomed this way, like as a, a child, whatever situation you're in, and then you end up in a relationship, you, not only do you not know the difference, but I would guess also, um, you know, it is it definitely addictive. You have these negative emotions. They're probably telling you things you secretly believe about yourself because you were told that by your parents because you're raised that way and then you're in this cycle and you think it's normal most of the time absolutely there's so many trauma bonding reasons and you're literally in a physiological chemical peptide addiction to a person that is supplying you huge rushes and emotions that your hypothalamus is continuing to manufacture and feed the cells of your body. You've got receptor docking points that are formed to take in a particular emotional peptide, whether it be trauma, devastation, heartbreak, betrayal. Your, you are, your body is literally hardwired to receiving exactly that emotion. And every time your cell splits, the receptors are doubling to receive that emotion. So your body is physically going to push you to go back to get more of it. Mm-hmm. You have so, to break that cycle. So when people um, go through your program, how are they feeling at the end of it? How they feel is more expanded, more whole, more joyous, and more thriving than they ever have even before abuse and even if abuse is all they've ever known. Because at the start, of course, they thought and they were, you know, getting free and unhooked from a narcissist. But then what they realized is by doing the inner work to do that, that they were actually clearing up, up-leveling and healing all of the deficient beliefs and blocks within themselves that were stopping them being their most expanded, flourished, effective human being. So people are able to enter life trajectories after this work that they never would have had access to unless somebody had smashed them to their knees to make Mm -hmm. this inner work vital to survive. So um, I I know you, I I think you have a program in Australia. Now, if somebody does a program in your book, would it be very similar what they would experience? It's all the same, Rebecca, because it's it's a global community that we have. So... The Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Program, it's accessed online. We have forums uh, where we have moderators, thousands of uh, members and thrivers that help. So we're a big global community. People from all over the world access the program. Uh, well, that that's great because I, I mean, especially because you're in Australia and you're so far away, um, people need um, you know easier access to something that works so well. So I'm glad that you put this book together and that you were encouraged to do this so that um, people can, you know, find their better self. Yeah, yeah, and the program's been going for ten years now, so. You know, we have um, 100,000 members in our community and, you know, there's actually been 10 million people worldwide that this work has touched now, you know, gloriously and humbly. So there is such a need for it. And we've yeah. got, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, and what's been wonderful is that there has been a lot of uh, domestic violence workers and counsellors and psychologists from all over the world that have made contact and said, well, what happened to my client, my patient? Because they're really struggling with the same stuff over and over and over again. And they've had a breakthrough and it's happened very, very quickly. 
So, you know, what is this program? So a lot of people have been referring it out to, which is in the mainstream, which is even though it's a deeply spiritual soul healing program, it's very recognized at a mainstream level as well now, which is wonderful. Well, it is wonderful. And, you know, you, you talk about the spiritual aspect that even if um, the word God isn't part of your belief system, you can still find that higher power or that um, that energy or whatever it is that, that can lift you up and help you through this process. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Um, which is is uh, pretty amazing. Um, now, if somebody wants more information about your your program or your book, how can they find it? Okay. All right. So they can find it if you uh, my program, the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Program. If you go to melanietoniaevans.com, uh, you will see I have a sixteen day free course where you can do a workshop and experience a quantum freedom healing with me, learn more about NARP. There's two free ebooks that are really going to help you, as well as emails that will really unra- unravel and give you relief and understandings within 16 days. So that's really supportive and that's completely free for you to get involved in. And if you want to find out more about my book, you can go to youcanthrivebook.com and you'll see all of the details about it there. Oh, that, that's perfect. I want to thank you so much for, for joining me um, all the way from Australia. I know it's tomorrow for you right now. And uh, so, you know, I, I'm so happy that you've put this program together and that you've helped so many people and you've made it so available. So thank you so much for everything that you've done. Oh, you're so welcome, Rebecca. And thank you for having me on. Yeah, anytime. So I want to thank everybody um, for listening today. We were talking today with Melanie Tonya Evans, and her book was You Can Thrive After Narcissistic Abuse, which should be uh, pretty easy for you to find. If you want more information on my story, you can find that on my blog site at dr-risk.com. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest, or your uh, favorite social media website. And um, just be sure to make today a great day. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Please join Dr. Rebecca Risk again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk more next week.